Mothers deserve the absolute best. So this Mother's Day, spoil the moms in your life with little luxuries from Osea. Osea's skin and body care is the perfect way to remind all the moms, mother figures, caregivers, grandmothers, and mother-in-laws in your life to make time for themselves. If you have been looking for the perfect gift, I recommend Osea's Andaria Algae Body Oil. I've been using it for years and it seems like every single time I apply it, I get compliments on my skin. This body oil is rich, but it's never greasy and it's clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity. Your skin will feel more sculpted and toned and you'll be left feeling silky, soft and glowing. Another favorite of mine is the Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. Ever since I've been using collagen, I have noticed a difference in my skin. In fact, it's never been better. Using Osea's body oil and lotion together is a mega moisture duo, giving you a full body glow. Osea's products are infused with our signature Andaria seaweed, but it's also clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified. Really just a perfect gift for yourself, the moms in your life, and even the planet. Spoil the moms in your life with clean, vegan skin and body care from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with the code YOGA at oseamalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Head to oseamalibu.com and use the code YOGA for 10% off. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Yoga Girl podcast, Conversations from the Heart. And from the heart, my goodness, we are so from the heart these days, living from the heart, listening from the heart, feeling from the heart. I don't know if it's just me, but I I really feel like we are reaching a heightened level of heart openness right now. And with everything unfolding in the world, it's quite beautiful to see, you know, never in my life have I received such an outpouring of messages from people asking for advice on what to do. You know, I'm not an expert. I just speak publicly on things to do and options for how to be of service. And even on the outside in this way, it's, it's, it's beautiful to see and share the outpouring of love that's that's possible in this world. So I just want to acknowledge that. I just felt my heartstrings pull a little bit when I said from the heart, (laughs) the name of this show. So my loves, my loves, oh, (laughs) I want to envelop you and just wrap you up in a big hug. I just want to hold you. And I also want to be held. I just I wish we could all be in a big cuddle puddle somewhere in real life. (laughs) I'm I'm really craving that real life connection. You know, online's great. And I'm so grateful that we have that ability. But I'm missing the IRL stuff. I really am. So uh, how about we ground into the body a little bit? Let's do that. When (laughs) these past two weeks... When have we not totally needed to ground into the body? Some days I have to remind myself to take deep breaths as I'm moving through my day. It's all so very intense. So for this practice, or for just this moment right now, close your eyes if you like. Place a hand to the heart. The other hand can come to the belly. And take a moment right away just to feel just to check in. Sometimes it can take a little while to really arrive, you know, just because we've closed our eyes and kind of we're here and we're ready for the thing doesn't mean that every part of us has totally caught up. So as you hold a hand to your heart and a hand to your belly, just give yourself a little bit of time Time to arrive, time to settle, or time to notice if you feel unsettled, and time to listen a little bit. Maybe already you can feel yourself taking deeper breaths. Usually it's that natural response to our presence. It's quite 
wonderful, actually, that the moment we shift our awareness from our thinking mind and our thoughts and our judgments and problems and issues and thinking about all the million things we think about all day long, and we shift that awareness back home, you know, we bring it back to us, back to the heart, back to the body, immediately we take a deeper breath. You know, it's the body's natural response to our presence is to soften into a deeper energy, a deeper inhale, a deeper exhale. So give yourself the space for that. And sensing the breath, how it's moving in the area of your belly, the inhale and the exhale, just noticing that here. And then sensing the breath, the area of your heart for the inhale and the exhale. Noticing what's moving right here. And we take a few breaths just like this. Breathing in. Breathing out. Breathing in. And breathing out doesn't have to be much more complicated than this. You know, it's interesting how as human beings we have to remind ourselves of the most fundamental basic needs that we have as people. It's like we need to remind ourselves to breathe deeply. We need to remind ourselves to drink enough water remind ourselves to get out there and breathe fresh air. And I think there's a part of us that's just constantly yearning to come back home to this primal natural state where we're always in a place of presence. And it's hard, you know, the world we live in, it's hard. It's hard to fully be here takes practice, takes dedication, takes being able to give yourself the space, the time, the energy. So as you're doing that right now, notice what you feel inside. Notice what you can sense inside. What does it feel like to be here in this, in this moment? in this world, in this breath. And as you continue breathing deeply here, see if there's anything you might be able to soften right now. As I said that, I, I felt a palpable shift in my upper back. I didn't know I was kind of tensing up my shoulders there. I wasn't aware. And I just felt my shoulders drop. See if there's something similar to that that might be true for you. Is there something you can soften in this moment here now? Soften it. Give yourself permission to let go. You're holding so much. I know you are. No matter what you have going on, you know, personally, you are holding a lot. Humanity is holding a lot right now. And it takes effort, right? It takes a bit of tension. It takes strength to hold all day long. So give yourself permission now to balance all of that holding, all of that holding on with a little bit of letting go, with a little bit of softening. If there's something you can put down right now, put it down. Just linger here in your heart space with yourself. Hmm. 
I'm just sitting here, eyes closed, hand to heart and hand to belly, feeling very soft in my body right now, just guiding you through these few minutes, just talking here. I feel feel like I'm letting go a little bit. You know that feeling when you're in your meditation practice and the timer goes off and you know it's time to enter the next thing or you're in Shavasana and your yoga teacher starts guiding you back. That feeling of not being quite ready, the feeling of, oh, I just want to linger here in this quiet place for a little bit. Hmm, that's what I'm feeling right now. I just want to linger here a little bit. I think lingering in a moment like this one is probably as close to a a cuddle puddle that we can all get from afar, joining and connecting together on a podcast, right? So let's take a deep breath here together. Breathing into the belly and up into the heart. Open the mouth, sigh it out. If you want to blink your eyes open, you can. If you want to stay with your eyes closed, oh, do it. <laughs> Sometimes in life, skepticism can serve you well. It can save you money, keep you from wasting a day at a timeshare presentation, and help you avoid spreading gossip. To be honest, when I am faced with a new scenario, I usually tend to be a skeptic until something proves me wrong. And if you're like me, you can probably spot a too-good-to-be-true health hack from a mile away and read labels like it's your job. That's where Ritual comes in. They know that every good skeptic deserves a multivitamin that exceeds your standards. Their clinically-backed Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin has high-quality, traceable key ingredients in clean, bioavailable forms. Take two delayed-release capsules per day that optimize your body's absorption, and you'll get nine key nutrients. Ritual's Essential for Women is USP verified, so you know you can trust what you're putting in your body. Only about 1% of supplement brands on the market have the USP verified mark, which shows the product contains the ingredients actually listed on the label. On top of that, Ritual multivitamins are vegan, non-GMO project verified, gluten and major allergen free, certified B Corp and made traceable. I take my vitamins every morning with breakfast. It's part of my daily ritual and I feel so good doing it. No more shady business. Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month at ritual.com slash yoga girl. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash yoga girl for 25% off. Hi. Hi. Hi, my loves. <laughs> you know, a little while ago, realized I it's time to record the podcast and I didn't feel like it I just you know some days I have this some days it's just like I run into the podcast room and I turn on the mic and I'm just giddy with excitement and some days I sit down and I have no idea what I'm feeling or what I'm going to say or anything and some days I feel resistance like oh, oh what am I going to talk about today you know you know, it takes a certain kind of commitment to keep a weekly <laughs> podcast going for five years now and a daily podcast. You know, I spend a lot of time sitting at this microphone talking to the world, but also talking to myself. And it's it's weird sometimes. And I had this feeling like, oh, I don't feel like it today. I don't know what I'm going to say today. And then... The moment I started just guiding us through that little meditation there. I needed that so badly. Wow. So this past week has been a whirlwind of a whirlwind of, of everything. I uh it's kind of one of those things where 
everything that's big and important has just landed in the same tiny little amount of time. I don't know how that's possible. And Dennis was away in Aruba for two weeks. I was alone with Leia and, and, uh, and I had an extraordinary amount of things to get done and figure out and things I can't delegate. Just, yeah, we have the home course launching now and it's so soon. It's in a week and a couple of days. We begin our seven week journey back home to nature and I'm so excited I'm just smiling so big. I'm so excited about the course. And we have a lot of things to pull together. I haven't been this busy. I mean, as busy as I've been over the past month, I haven't been in years. I haven't been since way pre-pandemic. And it's a good kind of busy because it's a busy, kind of busy of creating something epic, you know. And um, it just kind of happened that... The most intense weeks happened to be when Dennis wasn't here, when really what I could have needed is like, okay, you need to drop off and pick up, pick up Leia every day from school, do all activities, like really like lead the way and take charge on the home front and everything else so that I can just sit down and get all of this done. And I really wasn't able to do that. And, you know, we don't have a sitter for her here. So it's just been really trying to navigate and balance these very, very busy, intense, long days. So I've had, I haven't slept and it's been, of course, a combination of this with this emotional overwhelm with everything happening in Ukraine that I just, I feel like I'm, I'm doing a good job where I feel good about the amount of news I'm ingesting. Like every time I post, and this kind of annoys me, but every time I post to like Instagram story or social media, something about something, you know, like something heartbreaking or this has happened or um, I get tons of comments from people saying, turn off the news. Why don't you turn off the news? Like stop watching the news if it makes you feel bad, like you're doing this to yourself. And I don't feel like that at all. I feel like I'm I'm really balanced actually in how much I take it. I'm not, I'm not scrolling all day. You know, I, I don't have like 14 hours a day that I'm on my phone just doing that but I am as present as I can be you know I have I have had to unfollow a couple of accounts because they were posting yeah gory and really really violent and morbid things that are reality and it's good that that's out in the world but it was too much for my heart to take so I'm having these chosen moments every day where I'm making a conscious decision to go in and check like these four or five social media accounts that I follow with really trustworthy news. And most of them are people in Ukraine, like actual real people, real families going through it, along with journalists and, and, and people. And then I have my news sources that I just kind of check in with a little bit. And when something happens, which sometimes it's like something big has come along or someone has said something in a speech, Dennis, who really like follows the news not on social media but reads the news online and he'll say okay you know this happened do you want to look at it or you want to watch this video or something but most of the day the emotional overwhelm I feel doesn't come from just watching the news all day it comes from this heaviness in my heart of knowing that there is so much suffering and and it's really overwhelming. It's really a lot. It really is. I mean, it's not as much for us as it is for the people actually going through it, but it's a lot for us as people, just as humanity holding this. It is It is absolutely overwhelming. So I'm sensing this kind of, yeah, this emotional overwhelm there. And then I have had this kind of work overwhelm in a way where I just haven't been able to get to what I need to get to. So I'm accumulating things and, and I haven't been sleeping, right? I just haven't, I've been up late at night and then not been able to really settle and rest. And for me, when I don't get my, like I'm a bad sleeper overall, for me, a seven hour night is a great night. Like I'm very, very content if I get seven hours. And if I, like if Dennis is here and I have my sleep mask on and the blinds are closed and the moment Leia wakes up in the morning, Dennis like takes her out and out of the bedroom 
then I can totally go back to sleep and I can sleep like if he lets me sleep and I, I can sleep till 10. You know, I, I can have a great night's sleep and a long sleep if I have the ability to. But when I'm feeling overwhelmed, it's much harder for me to tap into that deep sleep. So I wake up from everything. And we have a dog, our oldest dog, Laika. She's 14. And you know, when you get old, you sleep less. So like she wakes up at four every day. And we have the, these wooden floors in the house. And we intentionally didn't put down like a big carpet or we just have a little rug in the living room, but that's it. So when the dogs walk around on the wooden floor, it's just like tip, tap, tip, tap, tip, tap, but it's really loud. It's really loud. And 4 a.m. every day I wake up from that like tip, tap, like pitter patter, you know, from, from her. And she just kind of paces like she'll wake up and I know she like walks over to our door because her and Keela, like our two big girls, they sleep in the living room and Ringo sleeps in bed with us. It's just too, our bedroom is too small. And um, Laika also, she can't sleep too close to Keela. Like they couldn't sleep in bed with us because everything Keela does, she annoys her. So she like, she's kind of the boss of everybody. So when anyone does something that she doesn't agree with, like one of the other dogs comes to the dinner table and begs, she walks up and she'll snap. She'll like growl at them, go back to bed, like go, go lie down. You're not, this is not allowed. You know, all of those things. Or, and she's also in a really grumpy mood now. I mean, I hear she's 14, she's old, she has arthritis. I think she's in pain. I have to give her, I give her pet CBD every day. She just growls a lot. And when she's growling, it's like, I can't sleep. So anyway, they sleep in the living room. But she just paces, right? So she walks up to the bedroom door and she's just standing there. And I wake up right at that moment and I know she's just standing there. <laughs> and then she walks back and she walks like a lap around the kitchen table. And then she goes to the front door and then she goes back to the center of the room and then she comes back to our door. And it's just like tap, 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 like her little claws, right? On the on the wooden floor. And I'm just wide awake. So even on the mornings where like Leah has slept a little longer or you know, I'm just awake and I can't go back to a deep sleep. So over these two weeks when Dennis has been gone, I have this aura ring. It's like a ring that measures your sleep in detail. I really love it. I love it and I hate it. Like I feel so good when I get a good sleep score because it means like I feel so accomplished. Like, oh my God, you know, sometimes like I... <laughs> I wake up and I feel like I didn't have a great sleep, but then my aura ring tells me I, I had a very good, like I got a good sleep score and I immediately feel amazing. Like, yes, I did have a great night's sleep. And the other way around, like I can wake up in the morning and feel totally fine. And then I look at my aura score and it's really bad. And it can be a different things. It can be like, they measure your heart rate variability, um, your pulse, like your REM sleep, your light sleep, your deep sleep, how many wakings you have at night, a bunch of different things, your temperature, and all of these combinations, you know, that gives you like a total sleep score. So I could have had like a restless night where it's just I dreamt a lot and I moved around in bed, which doesn't mean I wasn't asleep at that time. But then I, you get a low sleep score if you didn't get like quality sleep. So some days I have a great night's sleep or I think I feel good when I wake up and then I look at the sleep score and it's not good. And I'm like, oh my God, I had such a bad night's sleep. <laughs> like it really skews your, your opinion of sleep, which I don't like, but it's helpful in the times when I'm really trying to focus on getting better sleep because it helps me identify what's helpful and what isn't. Like if I stay away from my phone after dinner time, it shows up. Like it's so obvious that I fall asleep immediately the moment that my head hits the pillow, I'm asleep. And if I'm on my phone or at a screen late at night, you know, it's it's really clear. Like it takes a long time. So anyway, but over these past two weeks, like I had several days where my aura ring was like, don't even bother getting out of bed. Like my aura ring is just like, no, it's terrible. I had a sleep score of like 52 and you're like a hundred is good. So anything, I think anything 80 and up is considered a good night's sleep. And I was like at 50, which is basically like, are you, are you alive woman? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> and I had a couple of nights where I had like four, oh, I've had four nights. In a, I mean, I can't function like that, but it's just been that kind of time. A lot of it at night has been, I start thinking about suffering that's really been the thing keeping me up at night. And I start thinking about, yeah, little stories that I've read throughout the day or videos 
I've heard throughout the day and, you know, and certain things just kind of stick with me. And then I think about them and I get really emotional about them late at night. And then I have a really hard time winding down. So I'm sitting here now, you know, Dennis is back. He's been back for two days and I'm this combination of, of stressed and overwhelmed and really grateful. Yeah, those are my, (laughs) I'm stressed, overwhelmed, tired, and so grateful. Those really are my big fours right now. I feel anchored into a sense of gratitude that that makes everything totally easy somehow. I am so grateful that the reason I'm working really, really hard and long hours is that I've created a course that I feel so good about and so excited about. It's like a good kind of, yeah, good kind of feeling, you know. And I'm so grateful so many people have signed up and are joining me on the journey. I'm so grateful everything is coming together. I'm so grateful for our team. I'm just super grateful, you know. And then with this overwhelm with everything in Ukraine, I feel so grateful that I have a home. Oh my God, I feel so grateful that I have a warm bed to sleep at night. I have a fireplace to light when I get home, that I have food on the table, that I have a total sense of Okay, it's not a total sense of safety because I'm worried about stuff, but I'm safe, right? I have no immediate threats. I have no no major, like no injustice is happening to me. I just, I, I have this good, safe, secure life. And every, every day, every fucking day, I wake up in the morning, I have this feeling of thank God, thank God. I'm so thankful, I'm so thankful. And every time I come into contact with someone who is affected by this war, who's affected by this crisis, who had to flee, I am reminded again and again and again and again and again. And it's like, and I have so many of those touch points every day that it's like every time I I talk to someone who needs something, which is all every day, I get reminded of, of my own blessing, right? Right away. It's like, okay, someone here needs a bed. They have no place to sleep. They just arrived by boat. Like, how can I help them? Who can I pair them with? And as I'm doing that, it's just this feeling in my heart of of this pain and this gratitude at the same time. And it's important to remind ourselves as humans that we are allowed to be both, right? It's It's not like, it's not arrogant. It's not selfish. It's not egotistical to feel grateful for what you have. I actually think it's, it's our moral obligation right now to not take our shit for granted, right? It's not like you should be suffering now and that's going to help other people suffer. It's like, no, you should appreciate what you have because that also reminds us what we're all fighting for. We all want to, we all want everyone to have that same warm, comfortable bed at night. Like that's the whole point. That's the whole purpose. And who would we be if we weren't appreciating having that right now? You know, we, we need to. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. So yeah, I'm sitting here. I mean, it's 10 p.m. And uh, the last thing I did today before I got home late was I went to go see a house um, some really like beautiful things are unfolding, you know, people coming together to help make a difference. And, and I had this, I, I had this idea like, okay, you know, how can I rally funds to pay for a rental? You know, what would it, what would it take to get a rental for three months, for six months, for a year? And especially where we live, like we, we're not in Stockholm. We're kind of on the countryside, you know, like like getting a proper, like a big house that could house a whole big family. If it's out in the country and it's not like on the water and it's not in the middle of a city, like prices are actually really totally doable. I mean, it's a lot to rent a whole house, of course, but I could just see, I'm like, if if I reach out to all the people I know, maybe we can 
raise funds online. Like, or maybe we can just like pace. Maybe we can just swing it, right? Like we will figure this out. Like I have, um, um, I kind of have, I always had my feet in two sides in a way. You know, I grew up with a single mom who really had to fight for everything. And then my dad is a really wealthy guy. So I was kind of grew up with with this crazy scarcity mentality of like, there is not enough. And then this abundance mentality of like, well, there is so much, um, which was really challenging when I grew up, you know, it, it was really confusing, but I feel really grateful for it now because I can navigate the world with these two very differing viewpoints, right? I don't take my shit for granted, but I also don't walk around with this feeling of like, there's never enough for me. Um, yeah, I feel, I feel balanced about, about money now and, you know, being able to, to really go for something like this, like, is this crazy? What would it take to, what would it take to rally the funds to long-term rent or buy with the intention to actually create long-term refugee housing? Like that's the purpose of this. There's no motive other than, than service. And it's felt so good to rally that side of my family for this really great cause, like really. And, um, and it's been really beautiful to, to connect with my dad in this, in this more vulnerable, heartfelt place where I can really just, I, it's like every day that passes, I can just see this, how this is melting his heart, you know, and every day, like every day we're on the phone with, okay, well, there's this family here people are reaching out in different ways like my dad is married to a Ukrainian woman so of course the the personal connection with you know Ukrainian people it's endless it's literally endless it's yeah direct links to people who are in need like every single day and then my sister my sister on my dad's side but it not this <laughs> not this uh, family so I have a sister who is okay let me not fuck up her age she's 24 four she's 24 this year she turns 25 and she's half ukrainian so her mom is 100 ukrainian and the whole family is in kiev so we just have so many um yeah people in ukraine who can actually directly reach out and say here is what we need right or people who have people who have been able to get out who, who are making it to sweden so it's been this kind of unique way of, of being able to support and help folks is not just going the route of the big organization, but actually dealing with, with individual people because there's the need is so huge and so big. And so aside from this, like what my family is, is doing and trying to do in a very sustainable way, which I'm so, uh, yeah, I'm so, I'm really proud of the of the energy put toward this and the resources put toward this. It's just, it's, it's, it's truly beautiful. But in addition to that, the whole community here has really rallied to, to help open up and find, find space. So I don't know if any, anybody listening follows me on social media, but where we, we spent all of last month filming in this really beautiful space with these big rounded, like yellow windows and uh, it's this building next to a castle here. It's just this really, it's, it's, it's just this really gorgeous like space that we rented just to film things for the course. And now people in the community have rallied together to rent the space to house it just for people who are in need. And it's this kind of puzzle of like, okay, well, who can provide food and can these people stay here? And then how do you like, how do you puzzle families together? Like that's also a thing. It's like you need to give everybody their space and their privacy, but there are so many people coming in. So how do you navigate that? And then there's a need for, of course, like food and sheets and medication. And and it's, it's, it's so much, you know, I was telling Dennis today, I'm like, we, <laughs> I honestly, I, I would, if, if I could, I would hire like a project manager and pay them just to logistically like ace the situation so that we can maximize the amount of support that we can give, right? And it's also like like my brother's, like there's a house next to my brother's house that's kind of rented, but the guy doesn't really live there. 
So it's like, okay, well, can we use the other rooms here? And friends of the family whose kids just moved out and they have two rooms. And then this neighbor over there has like one room. And then these people over there have a summer house and they're not going to come now. So that's available. You know, there's such an outpouring of people just reaching out saying, well, I have this, I have this, I have this. And even the organizations that I've been talking to, they kind of shut down their applications for volunteers because they were so overwhelmed. And it's like, hey, we have to utilize what we have before we just let people apply to help, you know. And it really does take this unbelievable like amount of organization and logistics to figure this stuff out. And then as people arrive or as I'm talking to people on the phone or as I'm, you know, it's just every every person you meet every person I speak to it's immediate you like all of the organizational stuff just kind of falls away and none of that the only thing that matters is that they are safe right the only thing that matters is that they have a warm bed sleep in that night and just we'll take it step by step you know it's it's really it's really this basic basic human compassion you know what can we extend how can we be of service and like we'll figure it out and it's such a it's such a weird time to it's such a weird time to be alive it's such a weird thing to navigate it's so sensitive it's so painful it's so traumatic it's you know it's 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 really it's really it's really crazy you know, my dad was telling me today that like all these kids that that are, are we're helping now or these families now, like several of them are going to start the same school as my little brother and they're going to like start as soon as they can. And I'm just thinking about that, like, wait, like two weeks ago, all of these people had their normal lives. They were living at home in their cities, in their towns, with their families, going to work, going to school, normalcy. And then overnight, all of this is completely uprooted. They're risking their lives. They left everything behind. And now it's only two weeks later, like we're helping them look for schooling options. You know, I I can't wrap my head around what the actual experience of that kind of upheaval must be like, you know. And I know, you know, all we can do to support now is to help as much as we can help and to make sure that their needs are met now and that there is enough, you know, all of the emotional support that's available, that it's there. But it also feels like, I don't know, it feels, in a way it feels small. You know, it's kind of like, <laughs> the feeling I have, it's like someone had their entire arm cut off and we're like, here's a Band-Aid, <laughs> you know, because even if they have a, a safe space to be now and they're getting help to figure out what the longer term situation is now, you know, and maybe they can imagine like a future that's going to, you know, that's at least safe from harm. And it's, it's still like they've lost everything. Right. So how do you how do you fix that? You, you, you can't fix that. You know, there's a there's a, a part of this that's just also really heartbreaking and really hopeless because you can't fix any of that you can just minimize the future damage by making sure that they don't feel uprooted for a day longer than they have to you know and my mind goes to these uh, to these these stories that I can't I can't stop thinking about did you hear of the little boy the 11 year old boy who walked 700 kilometers an 11 year old boy and I don't know what happened to his family if he lost them already or he had a phone number written down on his arm and he walked across the whole entire country to get to the border where he found someone who could call the number written on his arm to find an extended relative who who he was able to reunite with it's like 11 11 years old you know how how does one find that level of resilience and it's like well not from choice right people become totally resilient because they're forced to because of things they didn't want to have happen to them that was completely out of their control 
And we're looking at a whole country of millions and millions and millions of people. And it's never going to be the same. And the amount of loss to kind of comprehend with that, it's too much for, I think, it's too much for a human mind to, to grasp. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch's sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee, plus 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com code odyssey. Exclusions apply. See site for details. So, yeah, I'm looking at what would it take what would it take to really set up a permanent house in this way could we revive our foundation to help with that to raise funds specifically for this and then i'm thinking should i even be raising funds maybe all of this should be just like i do what i can do on my own in a way because we are so privileged over here and i know my family can do a lot on this side and then i think okay well <laughs> the long-term level of that it's like it's a really big deal and there are so many people out there ready to help too and yeah and at the end of it all I feel like I'm um, are we making a difference at all like my brain is just spinning spinning is this enough are we making a difference is this going to be okay I should do more wait I'm overwhelmed wait it's like okay okay we can do what we can do right we can nudge people to do the thing that we feel is right and then we have to come back, right? And record our podcasts and create, the, finish creating the content for this course that we're launching and take care of our kid who has a birthday this week, you know, and walk the dogs and take out the trash that's been accumulating because I didn't go to the dump one time since then is left. It's like Sweden, you know, we recycle every single thing. Like you open a trash bin in Sweden and there's 12 compartments, <laughs> which obviously is amazing, but it's also really complicated. It's beautiful, but everything goes in a different place. Like there's different kinds of plastic, hard plastic, soft plastic. You have cardboard here and paper here and compost here and the rest of the trash here and metals here and glass and colored glass. I mean, it's like infinite. So there's only a few things that the actual trash trucks pick up and the rest you have to go to the recycling center. And normally we go like twice a week. I swear we spend so much time at the recycling center. Then his things, it's, it's like an adventure for him every time. Like, wow, I, like people just grow up like this. So we all know what to do. And he's just like, what is going on? But anyway, I didn't go one time when he was away. I was just so overwhelmed with everything. I just was like, no, like we'll do this when he gets back. So you know, trash, literally, I mean, it's recycled, recyclable trash, but it's a, everything that for over two weeks has just been kind of sitting here. And I need to, I need to get to that, you know, and plan my daughter's birthday party. She's turning five, which means, so I started this podcast when she was born. She was one week old. I have this photo of me nursing her at one week sitting with my headphones on recording the first show. So when Leia turns five, this podcast is a week away from turning five and it's like a huge celebration. And, um, and I want to focus on these things too. You know, it's like, I want her to have the best birthday party ever. And I want to do a good job in the rest of my life. And I want to take care of myself and not burn out. And I want to, you know, enjoy and, and enjoy the life I'm grateful that I have. And it's a really hard balance to strike. And I know a lot of you listening are kind of feeling into this space too, because it is so very true. And the thing to do when we feel like we're we're struggling. We don't know what's right. We don't know what's wrong. It's like, oh, it means we're spinning and we're in our heads, right? And the thing to do then is to come back to the body and to ground back in the moment. And there are two ways to really come back, you know, and that's practicing self-care and it's 
continuing to be of service. Those are the two things because it's every small act of service, whether it's a tiny thing you're able to do today. I mean, today, and this is the thing, like I felt like I didn't do anything today. Today I posted like one thing to social media and I went, I drove over to go see this house for this viewing. And I feel like I didn't make any difference today. I did like whose life did I change today? Who did I actually help? Like what actually moved forward? Nothing. I did nothing. And then it's like, okay, some things have a longer goal. And there are days when we can give more of of ourselves and days when we can give less of ourselves. And that has to be okay too. I think last week, I felt like last week's podcast, I was just rambling about my struggle with being of service and finding balance there because it is so very hard. And clearly I'm still like trying to find that balance every day. And fundamentally, the reason I struggle is because I don't want anybody to suffer. And the feeling inside of me is so strong. It's like I want to scoop everybody up and just keep everybody safe from harm and lock every war crazy person away in a bunker somewhere to like with a therapist to deal with their shit so that the rest of people don't have to suffer because of crazy men who haven't dealt with their demons. I mean, come on. It's just really unbearable to 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 deal with this kind of suffering on this large of a scale and we don't want it. And the only way to make it through those hard, challenging moments is to take care of myself and to do something to take care of other people. And maybe some days that is helping a whole entire family find a house and a place to live. And some days it's just going to a little viewing. And some days it's donating $10 because that's what you had. Some days it's volunteering. Some days it's sharing something on social media. Some days it's picking up the phone. Some days like driving someone where they need to go some days it's going to the grocery store to buy something for somebody you know I got I got I got so many emails today I think I spoke a little bit on on Instagram story about that being of service doesn't have to be moving this whole big mountain and we have to stop looking at it that way we have to stop looking at it as something we step out of our regular lives to do and start looking at it as it's a life that we live It's just living with our hearts open enough that we feel compassion for other people and that compassion is going to immediately propel us into action and that's service, right? But it's it's like an everyday thing. It doesn't matter if it's for your family or for strangers or if it's in a crisis or if it's in a regular Monday, it's like it all, it's the same life. And after that, I got a bunch of emails from people like asking some questions and advice and, and, um, And something that really like made me smile was like a woman wrote like, okay, I'm in this city in Sweden and I I walked by the migration office today and the line out the door is like blocks long and it's cold outside and all these people, they don't even have anything to drink and they can't leave the line because if they leave the line, they lose their spot in the line. So like, I don't know what to do. And you, I feel like you have, you're so creative. Like, do you have any ideas? And I was like, dude, you're already like the fact that you sat down to write an email about what to do, like that is it. That's literally it. Like if we encounter something, a problem, a suffering, and we don't know what a good response is, or we don't know what a next step is, but we sit down and we write somebody that we think might know, like, fuck, that's your act of service for the day. (laughs) I mean, seriously, that's the first step right? It's asking for help. It's asking for advice. It's getting creative to figure something out. And, uh, and I was like, great, this is, this is amazing. Okay. Like you post something to social media, like a story, a post saying the detail, like what's the name of the street, what's needed, and then put your contact information and you be the person in charge. Like where can people come and drop off food and coffee and hot tea and what restaurants and stores on that street or in the neighborhood are going to want are, 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 are going to want to donate tomorrow because people are going to be there in the morning go and like once you post that like let me know and i will share it with your contact info and like tomorrow morning you're going to have people there with food and coffee for sure and uh and then i wrote that and she wrote back and she's like i just saw someone took that initiative and there's like food coming now and like it's 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 happening now it's and i'm like well there you go you know 
So there are so many people out there looking to solve the problems and to be helpful for other people. And it's just about linking together so that we have people to continue getting inspired by so that we don't, we don't feel like we're alone behind our computers and we're totally hopeless. There's nothing we can do. And it's like, you can go and step out into any like migration, immigration office in any country in Europe right now and bring some like, you know, unopened, wrapped, safe, good sandwiches from the bakery and a few cups of coffee and you're going to make someone's morning, right? So just, just take the first step, right? Don't leave it at sitting there watching things unfold on your phone and going, oh, I don't know what to do. So I'm just going to keep scrolling here. It's like you have to go one step further than that, right? There's another step to take and you can do it. <sighs> and it's Leia's birthday on Sunday. I know it's not really related, but it's me kind of wrapping my head around this week. She's asked for a rainbow party. <laughs> she wants everything rainbow. She's obsessed with rainbows. And I'm doing my best to get her a really great rainbow party so that we can have a whole day to just be together and celebrate this little, this, this five-year-old. How is she five? Half a decade. I can't, I can't believe it. It's a, you know what? It's a wild time to be a mom. <laughs> it's a wild time to be alive. And if you're doubting it for any reason and you need to hear it, you're doing a good job. You are. You are. You so are. I know you're caring a lot and you care so much and you're doing a good job, especially you parents. I mean, you really, really, really are. Pandemic to this to who knows what comes next. I hope you are taking really good care of yourself and I hope you are taking really good care of others. I am uh, getting tired, so I'm going to take good care of myself and take myself to bed right now. But have a beautiful weekend. Be of service to yourself and to others. And I'll see you next week. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you enjoy the show, please listen, rate, review, and follow all episodes of the Yoga Girl podcast, Conversations from the Heart. Available now for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, and wherever you normally get your shows. Of course, a big thank you to my sponsors. Make sure you support them the way they support this podcast. This was a presentation of Cadence 13 Studio, and I will see you next week.